Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today, because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold, but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Run. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Section 7 of The Most Extraordinary Trial of William Palmer by Anonymous. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Fourth day, May the 17th. The court was densely crowded and there was no abatement of the interest which has from the commencement been excited by these proceedings among the distinguished persons present were earl grey and mr dallas the american minister the jury who in accordance with the suggestions made by the learned judges on the previous day had during the morning been conducted to the middle temple gardens by the officer who had them in charge and allowed to walk there for some time entered the court about ten o'clock and almost immediately afterwards the learned judges lord chief justice campbell mr baron alderson and mr justice cresswell accompanied by the recorder the common sergeant the sheriffs and under sheriffs and several members of the court of aldermen took their seats upon the bench the prisoner was then placed at the bar there was no change in the expression of his countenance and during the day he maintained his usual tranquillity of demeanour the same counsel were again in attendance the attorney-general mr e james q c mr bodkin mr wellsby and mr huddleston for the crown mr sergeant shee mr grove q c mr gray and mr keneally for the prisoner george bates examined by mr james I was brought up a farmer, but am now out of business. I have known Palmer eight or nine years. In September, October, and November last, I looked after his stud, and saw that the boys who had the care of the horses did their duty. I had no fixed salary, but used to receive money occasionally. Some weeks I received two sovereigns, and some only one. I lodged in Rugeley. The rent I paid was six shillings and sixpence per week. I am a single man. I knew the deceased cook. I have no doubt that I saw him at Palmer's house in September. I cannot fix the date. I dined with him at Palmer's. By Lord Campbell. I sat at table with them. Examination continued. After dinner, something was said of an insurance of my life, either cook or Palmer, which I cannot say commenced the conversation mr sergeant shee objected to the reception of any evidence with regard to the proposal of the insurance of the witness's life the attorney-general said that his object was to show the position of cook's affairs at this time 
Lord Campbell, after consultation with the other judges, said, I doubted whether this would be relevant and proper evidence to receive upon this trial, and upon consultation the other judges agree with me that it is too remote. The examination of the witness with regard to the insurance was, therefore, not pursued. Witness. I remember the death of Cook and the inquest. I know Mr. William Webb Ward, the coroner. On the morning of the 8th of December, while the inquest was being held, I saw Palmer. He gave me this letter, and told me to go to Stafford and give it to Mr. Ward. The letter referred to was that addressed to Mr. Ward, which was on the previous day put in and read. That was between nine and ten o'clock. He also gave me a letter to a man named France, a dealer in game at Stafford. Palmer said that there would be a package of game from France, which I was to direct and send to Mr. Ward. I got a basket of game from France upon the order which the prisoner had given me. I directed it, Webb Ward, coroner or solicitor, Stafford, and sent it to Mr. Ward. I directed it myself. I gave a man threepence to take the game, but I delivered the note to Mr. Ward myself. I found him at the Dolphin Inn, Stafford. He was in the smoking-room. I told him I wanted to speak to him. He called me out into the yard or passage, and there I gave him the note. There were other people in the smoking-room. I had had no directions from the prisoner as to how I was to deliver the note. When I returned to Rugeley that night, I saw the prisoner. I told him that I had delivered the letters which I took to Stafford, and had sent a boy with the game. I remember Thursday, the 13th of December. On that day, I was sent for to the prisoner's house early in the morning. About midday, I went to Palmer's house. I found him in bed. He said that he wanted me to go to Stafford, to take Webb Ward, a letter, and to take care that no one saw me give it to him. On the Saturday previously, I had taken Palmer some money. On the Thursday, Palmer told me to go to Ben, and tell him he wanted a five-pound note. I understood Ben to be Mr. Thirlby, his assistant. Palmer added, tell him that I have no small change. I believe he asked me to look in a drawer under the dressing-glass, and said, tell me the amount of that bill. I looked in the drawer, and found there a fifty-pound Bank of England bill. I left the bill there. This was before he gave me the letter for Ward. After seeing the bill, I went to Thirlby's for the five pounds. I got from Thirlby a five-pound note of a local bank, and took it to Palmer. I then went downstairs, leaving Palmer in bed, with the writing materials on the bottom of it. I remained downstairs, in the yard or kitchens, about half an hour. When I went upstairs, Palmer again asked me the amount of the bill which was in the drawer. I just looked at it, and thought it was the same bill I had left there. He then gave me the letter, which was sealed, and I took it to Stafford. I followed Mr. Ward through the room at the railway station, and gave it to him in the road. Mr. Ward did not open or read the letter, but crumpled it up in his hand and put it into his pocket. I believe I told him from whom I had brought it. Having delivered the letter, I returned to Rugeley. I saw the prisoner and told him that I had given Ward the letter. He said nothing. Cross-examined by Mr. Sergeant Shee. Palmer had four brood mares and four yearlings and a three-year-old. 
I can't tell their value. I heard that one of these horses sold for 800 guineas. I can't say whether the mares were in foal in November, but I suppose some were. Palmer's stables were at the back of his house, and the paddocks which were near them covered about 20 acres of ground, and were fenced with a hawthorn hedge. I remember a mare, called the Duchess of Kent, being there. We supposed she slipped her foal, but we could not find it. I am not aware that Goldfinder's dam slipped her foal. I once saw the turf cut up with horses' feet, and attributed it to the mares galloping about. I never saw any dogs run them. I have seen a gun at the paddocks. I cannot say whether it belonged to Palmer. I never examined it. I do not know Inspector Field by sight. I have seen a person whom I was told was Field. He came to me at the latter end of September, or beginning of October or November. I cannot say whether he saw Palmer. He was a stranger to me. I do not know that he put up anywhere. A laugh. I did not see him more than once. I do not know Field. On Thursday, December the 13th, I saw Gillett, who is a sheriff's officer, in Palmer's yard. Re-examined by the Attorney General. It was after the hay harvest that I saw the turf in the paddock cut up. I should say that it was in the latter end of September. I cannot say how long it was before Cook's death. Thomas Blizzard Curling Examined by the Attorney General I am a member of the College of Surgeons and surgeon to the London Hospital. I have particularly turned my attention to the subject of tetanus and have published a work upon that subject tetanus means a spasmodic affection of the voluntary muscles of true tetanus there are only two descriptions idiopathic and traumatic there are other diseases in which we see contractions of the muscles but we should not call them tetanus idiopathic tetanus is apparently self-generated traumatic proceeds from a wound or sore idiopathic tetanus arises from exposure to damp or cold or from the irritation of worms in the alimentary canal. It is not a disease of frequent occurrence. I have never seen a case of idiopathic tetanus, although I have been surgeon to the London Hospital for 22 years. Cases of traumatic tetanus are much more frequent. Speaking quite within compass, I have seen 50 such cases. I believe 100 will be nearer the mark. The disease first manifests itself by stiffness about the jaws and back of the neck. Rigidity of the muscles of the abdomen afterwards sets in. A dragging pain at the pit of the stomach is an almost constant... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.